Does everybody know what time it is? Time to get your final drafts in before the evening edition of Grunt Work. Extra, extra, it's Grunt Work. around because he loves journalism so and this i know for show but does he really wanna but can't stand to see brad walk in the door Mm -hmm. you know don't try to fight in the backyard because the thought alone is killing jill right now thank god for tim and al for sticking gloves to sledges because we don't know how hey (laughs) yo hey yo hey yo Hey yo, this is Grunt Work, the only podcast about the TV series Home Improvement that's sporting Major Woodward and a great Big Bernstein. I'm your host, <laughs> Truman, the Metro Section Man Caps, and with me as always is my co-host, Landon Arts and Leisure Solano. Thank and you. You're you're welcome, Landon. And let, let me just ask you very quickly before we start. Yeah. What's mm-hmm. black and white and red all over? <laughs> a zebra in a blender. Ooh, ouch, man. Wow, that is... That is gruesome, and I honestly, though, now that I think about it, I guess I did hear that from a lot of edgy kids in middle school, so I shouldn't be so surprised. <laughs> it's where my sense of humor stopped. What is, wait, Z- zebra side was where that that was like, okay, jokes don't get funnier than this. It's like you've seen George Carlin live now. It's it it's nothing can top this. Exactly. I just want to know how big that fucking blender is, or are you putting smaller bits of the zebra? Are you cutting up the zebra beforehand and putting them into the blender one at a time? No. Or are you constructing a zebra-sized blender to put the zebra in? No, Landon, once again, you're not seeing the forest for the trees. Normal-sized blender, tiny, tiny zebras. Boom. (laughs) Boom. Mini zebras. (laughs) Dr. Cyclops on the the mission. (laughs) Oh man, here we are again, Landon, talking about talking about the things we talk about on this show, which sometimes <laughs> include the TV series Home Improvement, but most of the time includes what whatever whatever odd things our our uh, heat addled brains fart out of us after seven seasons. Uh, yeah, this is a, a weird um, maybe a grunt work first in that you are. I've been I'm on some sort of. Uh, phone list still for LA and I'm getting all these notifications hey heat warnings coming your way and I'm like motherfucker are you looking out the window it's snowing right now (laughs) so I think this might be one of the few uh, first etc etc occasions where you might dive heat stroke (laughs) while I might die of freezing to death I mean well it's it's I was going to say that it's like fire and ice, which I think would make the podcast better. But as someone who's acutely aware of, of what the heat situation is, it's less it's less fire and ice and more like kind of just sweaty, moist, humid, <laughs> stinky office and ice. So I don't know. So Some say the world will end in sweaty, humid, moist, stinky office. Some say the world will end in ice. <laughs> Uh, I think grunt work is here to prove it's a little column A and a little column B. <laughs> and and grunt work also proves that either way, you'll just be glad to be dead so you can't listen to podcasts anymore. <sighs> well, uh, you know who is glad to be listening to the podcast is our patrons. Yes. Because they got a free month of Patreon uh, last month, uh, or the month of April, I should say, so yes. this ongoing month. Courtesy, um, courtesy of of Landon's very, uh, very 
uh, forceful questioning leading me into the right direction on that one. No, that's not true. You got that one nice and clean on on Cuckold. That's the one that you got it on. Oh, that's the uh, one that so, I got it on. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, the 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 other one. <laughs> that one is uh, whether or not that that one's up to the patrons to decide if they oh, okay. if they call that okay. one accurate. So I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm still well. Okay, a part of it is the heat stroke. B part of it is that I just live in the moment, and I get that our our fans <laughs> are living in the past largely because these episodes have a have a tape delay. I know we we have this weird back and forth with things. So uh, we recorded last week's episode a week ago from today, but it goes out tomorrow, and today's that we're recording goes out a week from tomorrow. It's weird. Um, anyway, we we give people a free month of patron with a little game we play here called Secret Password to Pee-wee's Playhouse. Still playing the game. Where, <laughs> where I have chosen a word, and if Truman says it at any point during this episode, our patrons over at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod get a free month of Patreon. So with that in mind, Truman, I'm going to mute myself so you cannot hear me, and I'm going to tell these fine folks what the word is for this week. Go for it. Okay, here we go. Truman, can you hear me? Here we go. This week, we're going to get into tax season, uh, as we are in real life. And the word this week is going to be depreciation. Depreciation. Okay, let's get Truman back. Truman! Landon, how's it going? It's going just fine. I I was I was just standing in front of my fan and relishing this moment of, of, of silence when I could just dedicate all of my brain power to producing sweat <laughs> to keep my body from completely shutting down. Oh uh, Lord. Oh Lord indeed. Um so once again we've come to the point in the podcast where despite having been doing this for for five <laughs> years or more, I forget completely what the next step is. This is where we start you, discussing This is where you ask me if uh we watch an episode of Home Improvement and I say, Why yes we did. Well then then Landon, did we watch an episode of Home Improvement this week? Why yes we did. Well, there we go. Okay, we're right on schedule. Landon, could you uh, uh, kind of just fill us in on what happened mm-hmm. this week mm-hmm. on the TV series Home Improvement. Oh, I can do more than that. Here we go. I hope you appreciate this, Truman. I wrote <laughs> it just for you. Oh, Landon. When Brad joins the staff of the Lakeside newspaper, Ooh. Randy gets jealous. That's a haiku. Oh, shit. And Brad joins the staff. Oh man, god damn it, dude! Your haiku game is is on point. Like the fact that you can oh. stealth haiku me. What? There's more. Oh shit! Brad writes dumb sports stuff, which offends Randy's standards. They fight, or then they fight real hard. Is this multiple haikus joined together? That was that was that was two haikus that that together form an entire synopsis. Not quite, not yet. Oh shit! Meanwhile, oh. Tim and Jill get an IRS audit. And drown in receipts. Folks, if you look up the cover of Action Comics number one, the debut of Superman, uh, it's a famous cover where Superman is lifting a car, but down in the lower right-hand corner, there is a bystander who is just clutching the sides of his head, and his eyes are bulging in (laughs) in sheer shock at at the beauty and brilliance that he is experiencing right now. And that man is me. Welcome to the only <laughs> comics reference I'm ever going to make on this damn show. Uh, Landon. Wow. You're, you're a poet, yeah. and you just do know it. That's that's really good, man. <laughs> Top-notch. Top-notch. Like, ac- accuracy and uh, and poetry in the same, in the same synopsis. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, do you want to guess the title 
of those haikus. Yes, I do want to guess the title of those haikus. It's important for people to know, listening at home, that the name of the column that Brad is writing for the school paper oh, yes. is called Hey Yo. That's Hey Yo. That's why, I, you know, shake it like a Polaroid picture, etc. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, that'll factor in. So, first option. Okay. Hey Yo, get off of my cloud. <laughs> okay. Thank right. you. Thank you. Uh-huh, Rolling uh-huh, Stones, uh-huh. very good band, arguably one of the better ones. I love them. Uh, I do too. Uh, next option. Mm-hmm. Paperwork. <laughs> okay. All right. Because it, it, it can go both ways. Because Tim and Jill, you would argue, are also doing a fair amount of paperwork in this episode. Mm. Truman, I just had a thought before we move on to the oh, next really? title. Oh, really? If, yeah? <laughs> what if there's an episode called Grunt Work? Oh, fuck. If there's an episode... How have we gone seven seasons and not even considered the possibility? Yeah, how did we never... Like, even when we thought up the podcast, how did we not consider that that would happen? If there's an episode called Grunt Work... I mean, A, I think it might be incumbent on you to look ahead and see if that episode exists. And then if it does, maybe that's the episode where I fly to Wisconsin and we record live and kiss at the end or something. <laughs> I don't even know. I, I it's, right. it's it's just too much. It's just, all right, all right. Can't, can't, can't bring that up. Um... All right, last option. Yes. Column me maybe. <laughs> not proud, not proud. I like that. Again. Not it's a little a little um uh anachronistic to the uh date at which this broadcast, but uh I like it nonetheless. Oh yeah, well and so was my entire intro and yet here we are still having a good time. <laughs> here we are. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, by uh, the way, uh, by the way, if you enjoyed any of my titles, uh, you should give yeah. uh, you should give partial credit to the sun for making it as warm as it is where I <laughs> was was when I wrote these titles because the heat definitely yeah. factored in. Go on, German. I I thoroughly enjoy your titles as usual, uh, and I want you to know that because okay. this is a rare case where I think the home improvement title outdoes you. Damn, I'm not. I'm not even mad, dude. I'm not even mad. I'm excited for this. Okay, you got anything for do me? Do you want? Do you want a clue? Yeah, give or me. Or do you want me to just tell you? Uh, give me one clue, but I'm going to ask you to tell me. I'm going to throw in the towel very quickly. The sweaty okay. towel. It's a play on a movie about a astronaut program. The right stuff, but it's W R I T E. Ding 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 ding. <laughs> Boosh. I mean. How many like notable movies are there about astronauts that I mean, I don't know I, I guess there's a lot of astronaut movies but yeah. it wasn't going to be the astronaut farmer it wasn't going to be space cowboys it um, should have been space cowboys it should have been because because it's it's space on the front page is it's, what they're what here they're, here yeah double space cowboys oh fuck that's really good well, how is that not the sequel to space cowboys. <laughs> There's twice as many old guys going into space. <laughs> it just, they accumulate a, an ensemble like the Expendables movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what, that, the, yeah, the that blockbuster film that no one could ever forget, Space Cowboys. I remember when we rented that movie on DVD, we, we yeah. watched the special features, and one of the special features is the extended, the full segment of where the Space Cowboys ahead of their launch go on Jay Leno, and it's just Jay Leno oh. interacting with the Space Cowboys. So we got to see the full thing of Jay Leno doing bits with, like, Clint Eastwood and the other Space Cowboys. And I thought it, I thought you were going to say it was going to be the extended uh, um, <laughs> uh, 
fitting scene, you know, when they're getting their physicals and stuff. <laughs> Locker room is what I was trying to think of. That, that was, you know what, that was that was probably a deleted scene too, but it was the Jay Leno stuff that stuck with me. Because I remember just, I remember Jay just going to one of them like, ah, so uh, when, are you, when is the ladies man? Uh, when, are you, when is it a woman, right? Uh, which one is that? And um, <laughs> thinking even at my young age, like, this is... This is weird. I don't I don't feel great about the way this is going. Anyway, <laughs> welcome back to Space Cowboys work. Yeah. The only uh, podcast about Space Cowboys, a movie that no one wants to discuss. The Right Stuff aired on March 31st, 1998, directed by Peter Bonners and mm. written by Jennifer Salata and Adam England. Mm. Truman, mm. how did you feel about this episode? Landon, oh, fuck, I did, it's so hot I didn't even try to ask you before you asked me. <laughs> I liked this episode. Uh, we haven't had a story about the boys in a while, yeah. and True. it's refreshing to see. I don't know, this is the first episode in a minute where I feel like Tim and Jill have been kind of dealing with the fact that, oh shit, we basically have a couple of men <laughs> in the house right. now, grown-ass men. And what I think particularly landed with me in this episode is that late in the episode, or even midway through the episode, I don't know where in the episode it happened. Point is, at one point, uh, Jill takes Randy aside and tells him, listen, Brad is leaving for college in a year. This is your last year mm-hmm. together in the house. You got to make the most of this time. And that was both the reality of parenting and sibling having that I've never had to give much thought to. But it yeah. also stood out to me. As kind of like a subtext of the show, it's like Jill was talking to me and saying, you've only got another year with these people, Truman, so you better right. enjoy it. So and I- the reality is we've only got – maybe maybe this is a, something I shouldn't have brought up because uh, I think it's just been lurking in the shadows. But, Truman, we only have like six episodes left of JTT. Oh, yeah, shit, you're right. He did, well, you know what? It would have been harder – or, like, I knew I knew that he wasn't going to be around for season eight. Like, I'm not that dumb. I know that much. I, I guess, I, I mean, as do I. I mean, and I've seen it. But, like, it's it has escaped my brain. Like, it's not something that's been lurking on the horizon for me. It's just like, oh, yeah, that's something I know. And then forgetting where we are in this season and being like, oh, we, we were, we're less than ten episodes <laughs> with JTT at this point. We should have been counting that down. There's it, no fanfare to it at all. It does. It is really. It is really kind of funny, actually, that that Jill is telling JTT, "Hey, Brad's about to leave. Make the most out of Brad." When really she should be right. saying that to Brad and everyone else. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like to be fair though, I feel like this season JTT, I've been kind of aware that there's almost one foot out the door already with this mm. one. So it's it's mm. honestly less jarring to me than the fact that we're never gonna see Willow again. Willow, who I don't like <laughs> nearly as much as JTT, but at least with JTT, Clearly, it's like you've made that clear. Yeah. yeah Yes, I, a moment or two. Um, wow, that is, but that no, that is that is some that is a powerful thing to think about. Um, hmm. Also, I, I don't know. I just I, I also like the the fact that we are so like we're kind of you know, that we're about a week off of where the show is because watching Tim and Jill dealing with tax stuff right after I finished doing my taxes for the year. Yeah, it was one of those moments where it's like this show gets me, man. It's like they say what I'm thinking before <laughs> I even think it. Um, I hope you're not being audited though. I, I'm not being audited now, but after how I handled my taxes, I mean, folks, I work, uh, my, the, the job that I work at is in a different state than the state that I live in, and that alone, let me oh, tell you, yeah. uh, extra forms and who knows what. Uh, yeah, and even with TurboTax, uh, I, I don't know, I'm, at this time next year, I might be uh, having some difficult conversations with the government, because I definitely got to a point of like, nah, I don't know, 
good enough. Okay, 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 send. Who gives a shit? Uh, Landon, I'm going to leave an edit point here for you of silence in case you want to cut this part out of the public broadcast that we do for free in which anyone can listen to. Listen, Landon, as someone who spends way too much time reading about public policy, I know how poorly funded the IRS is. Their investigators are not (laughs) listening to every episode of Grunt Work to figure out if this dude who uh, this solidly lower middle class dude is paying his fair share of taxes. Um, Landon, what did you think? of this episode of Home Improvement. Oh, Truman. Um, Landon. I think I have hit my limit of personal reflections. Wait, so we're not going to do the <laughs> segment anymore? You can't reflect? No, 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 no. I think we have to keep the segment open because that's an integral part of the show. The grunt work. This is what is it's our makes experience the show work. with... <laughs> It's it's what our experience is watching the show now in 2022 or you know back in 2017 when we started this shit. Um, I just I, so I I have like mini reflections of moments like you mentioned about the JTT thing, but overall I, I just I don't know I haven't felt very differently about any of these episodes this season. You know mm. with with a few rare exceptions like it's just. All buzzing at about a seven to seven point five on the Richter scale. Whoa, whoa, you know, whoa, whoa. Uh, yeah. I mean, the the or the beginning of the season, there were strong opinions. There was Mark's Mark's horror movie episode. It's well, a, like, that's it what I'm saying. With a few really exceptional, yeah. with a few exceptional outliers, uh, exceptional exceptions. There's not been any real low lows, and there generally hasn't been any high highs outside of you know one or two of those things. Heidi, 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 high. It's, Lodi, it's just low, kind low, of been low. hovering. Yeah. Uh, I think it's... Okay, I like that it's possible to push Tim into the background of episodes, and I wished that happened more often. <laughs> yes. I, I wished or wish? Is it I wish or wish? I wished. I, I, I wished I, that happened more often, or I wish it happens more often? I think you, you, you are currently now in the present wishing that happened more often. If in the past when you watched these episodes when you were younger, you were sitting there thinking, ah, man, Tim Allen is too much at the forefront of this, then you wished that that happened. Uh, you know what? The fact that I'm now reflecting on my reflections is probably not a good sign. So uh, The fact that I'm coaching you on how basic tenses work is, uh, you know, <laughs> this is, again, this podcast getting into really experimental how bad can it get territory. <laughs> Dear God. Well, um, I, I don't know. So I don't really I don't fall on either side of the fence on this episode. Uh, I don't think I will remember it. Um, I also think when we do our Super Spectacular this year, I'm going to be like hard-pressed to remember long swaths of the season. Look, Landon, I, I frankly, I agree with you. We're going to look back at this and a lot of it, even trying to remember previous episodes for some stuff for this episode, I was thinking like, oh shit, I don't remember a lot of what's going on this season. <laughs> is it is it because previous seasons there were so many episodes that were that like made a really nasty impression with us that we yeah. didn't like that maybe that's what made them stand out more like because and I, then once it self corrected we were like oh man this is great and so it, there was a little bit of a high that came from that mm-hmm. uh, yeah and then you mix that with the kind of like going through the motions we know the formula of the show the characters all can you know like Richard Karn can probably come in on a Friday get a freshly handed script and cold read through the rehearsal so that he can just step out on stage and do this without thinking too much. Like, I I feel like there's so much just at play here. That's that they know the show they're making. 
Yeah. And they're all professionals, and they do it, and we get episodes. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> it's just I, starting to feel like a factory. I, I don't, I don't remember who said that, and I've probably relayed this quote before on the air, but, but that, you know, the first few seasons of a sitcom is about trying new things and doing new things and being experimental and breaking new ground. And then the remaining seasons of the sitcom until it goes off the air are brand management. And we're definitely in the brand (laughs) management phase. Yes. That being said, I still think every, like every episode we've been watching this, this season, I think with maybe one or two exceptions has been really technically competent. Everything like, Hangs together well. Like it's it is a well made show. I let's not Agreed. like the fact that we're not having any strong reactions to it is not no. an indictment of the writing or the performances. It's not on a criticism. Any level. No, at no. all. It's just it's it's just like this was a Tuesday night once. I, I the, the 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 real indictment is of the project that we're doing here. Again, it is a, a this pro this product was never meant to be analyzed on the level that we're nope. analyzing it. Never meant to be discussed at this length. It was meant to be five to eight minutes at the water cooler at at whatever <laughs> workplace you work at the morning after it airs, and then it goes into Barely the that. ether and is forgotten. Yeah. Um, In fact, um, on on that note, speaking of forgetting things, <laughs> let's discuss it much, much further. Yes. All Are right. You ready to do that? Yeah. I, yeah. No. Buckle in for another hour or so of content, everybody. Let's go. <laughs> let's uh, let's crack our knuckles and stare vacantly into the blank white void of the blank page while conjuring up what we want to say. And before we type a single word, decide to get up and go get a beverage from the kitchen, maybe a snack, and then sit down at our computer because we're already distracted. Uh, do a quick rotation of our favorite sites and apps. Oh, there's a sale on pre-orders of the new Godfather in 4K. Uh, do I have enough allowance to indulge in that? Maybe not. But maybe when will it, when will it be 46% off again? Not for a long time. Perhaps I'll be know. saving money in the long run if I buy it now instead of risking it on going on sale when I can't afford it, even though I can't really afford it now. Why the hell are the neighbors picking now to fight? I don't know. Don't they know that I'm trying to write? Oh, yeah, writing. Okay, back to my document. I haven't written anything yet. Man, this is going to be a long, long, long road to the deep dive. I, at no point in that process did 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 maybe I'll look at just a little bit of porn to clear my head and also... <laughs> Maybe I'll just give up and tonight's not a good night to write come into play, which th- I don't know. They're very alien to my writing process. That's all okay. I'm saying. <laughs> all right. So we open at tool time on location uh, yes. where uh, Tim and Al and Heidi are doing some renovations on a house. They need to take out a uh, wall and in the process of taking out the wall, uh, a lot of shenanigans ensue with various types of hammers and a trash chute down to the outdoor dumpster. Yep. Uh, so. That's, that's basically it. It's, now, it's, it's I, it. I, nonetheless, though, I think a very strong tool time segment that surprised me and that I enjoyed. I, th- this is actually where my initial impressions uh, of being like, I don't, I don't know what to say about this anymore. Uh and I want to I want to break it open a little bit. First of all, on a personal level, uh, being someone who is going house hunting and condo hunting, Oof. you know, Salute multiple you, times a week right now. <laughs> These two. So what they're doing on uh, on Tool Time this week is uh, they're renovating a condo of a dead woman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and spooky. They're, they're taking out a wall to increase the flow from the dining area to the living area. Tim is really excited about the destruction <laughs> process. Anyway, this is I'm all so- like in my head at current moment. I'm going into condos of people. I'm like, did someone die here? What would I do with that wall? 
so it was very prescient to, to where I'm at. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry to once again take us into inexplicable heat reference corner, but when you said renovating the condo of a dead woman, it reminds me of Robert De Niro calling that guy who's ripped them off and being like, I, I'm, I'm talking to a dead guy right now. Like, it seems like it's like a threat. Like, Tim goes in there and is like, I'm renovating the condo of a dead woman. You get the fuck out. <laughs> Um, yeah. Yeah, so between, yeah, between Tim doing his taxes and Tim, uh, renovating a condo for resale, you're, you're feeling, you know, both of us are feeling very seen by this TV series. (laughs) By this episode in particular, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, (laughs) a couple, so I'm gonna break open, like, the the shenanigans part of what you mentioned in the synopsis for this scene, because I can't tell if it's just, like, (sighs) I, I don't know, like, for some reason, okay, just go with me on this journey. Oh, for Lane, a moment. Lane, and I've been going with you on journeys for years okay. and years. I'm not going to stop now. <laughs> okay, I appreciate that. We're going to Thelma and Louise hold hands and we go over the cliff together. Um, okay, uh, for some reason, the series Lost comes to mind. Okay. Where <laughs> I feel like at a certain point in that show, they just said, let's throw some stuff in here and it'll eventually make sense. And mm. if it doesn't make sense, people, like, that's our brand. And we'll just go with it and hope that nobody notices or complains. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's kind of what's happening in this cold open. Uh, <laughs> okay, everybody. Uh, okay, that, so, again, just so you know, the, the first two minutes of a Home Improvement episode are like the show Lost, just, just so we're on the same <laughs> level. Okay, continue, please. <laughs> well, like... The logic of what's happening here doesn't make sense, and it, it honestly is almost bringing me back to my theory that this is a scripted show, that Tool Time itself is a scripted show. Okay, so let, let's talk a second about the gag where Tim decides, okay, I'm going to sledgehammer this wall. Let's set aside the bubble, bubble, toil, and trouble reference. Yeah. Um, I'm going to sledgehammer this wall, and in order to get a better grip, I put some sticky shit on my gloves so that I can hold the sledgehammer better. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's a lion. I got it from the lions, JK, the bears. There's a joke in there about that. that. Yeah, it's a funny pro football joke for people who are into that. He he aims, and then when he goes on a backswing, the sledgehammer flies across the, the room, almost kills Alan Heidi, busts into the wall next to them. The gloves are still attached to it, and Tim's like, whoopsies. A very well executed bit. I just want to say on a technical level that that on is a, yes, on an editing special effects level. Yeah, no, that no no qualms about that. Yeah, but then Al and Heidi are just like anyway. So let's go back over here and like they barely acknowledge it. It it was like it was a little. I don't know. I, I don't even want to say there's a missed opportunity there. So much as like. Do they not even care about Tim's shenanigans anymore? And, and because they don't have a reaction, how am I supposed to laugh at it? Like, there's there's something missing there. Landon, how like the show's been on for a long time. How many times have Heidi and Al almost been killed by Tim? Like, it's just it's a normal part of the day. It's like it's like no, if, I, every, I, it's like if every time you saw an you. airplane, you were like, "What is that iron bird?" It's like this is just a normal part of life. <laughs> I agree with you, but there's even the missing reaction of like. Okay, and then just moving on with their their day. It's, it's almost like it happens, and then like the scene starts, and they they have no reaction. Even the I've seen this a million times reaction. 
Hmm. Mm-hmm. I it's mean, just, it's it's played a little weird. Is all I'm saying. There could have been a reaction in there that maybe was cut for time. I mean, that is that is one possibility. Like they they got the coverage True. of the thing flying back and them and them dodging out of the way, and maybe they just figured in editing. That's enough. We don't need the other bit. The other part is the ending gag to this scene. So <laughs> Heidi, early in the scene, introduces the trash chute, and of course, we're thinking the entire time, okay, Al's going to get thrown down there. Something's going to get, you know, some expensive thing is going to get thrown down. Something's going to go down the chute, yes. right? I mean, yes. that's the classic uh, setup. Yeah. And so when Tim starts uh, throwing heavy, uh, you know, like he's overfilling the debris bucket, and Al's like, you want to clean that up, uh, you know, more often than not so that you, you know, don't have a heavy bucket. Tim, of course, <laughs> loves making a mess, fills a heavy bucket, and the scene ends with him going to empty this heavy bucket down the chute, and his sticky gloves pulls him down the chute with him. Yes. Right? That's what happens? Yeah, so what happens here is that Heidi is trying to pick up the bucket, and it's too heavy, and she can't, so then Tim is telling her about how, oh, it's all about momentum, so he picks up the bucket, and is trying to just throw, I guess, the entire bucket, not just empty it out, but throw the entire bucket down the chute. But then, yeah, he is, he is pulled out the window doing that. So, I I don't know how to feel about this moment. It's weird. Uh, where, like, it's, pre- you know, it predicts itself, and then it presents itself at the end as, like, a turn on the thing that you weren't expecting, but it's the very thing that we were expecting. Mm. So... I, does that make any sense? Like it's, I don't know. It feels like it's relying on audience expectation to fill in the blanks to a certain degree. And I think when you look at it more closely, you're like, wait, is that even a joke or is that just a thing that happens? <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't even give it that much thought. This is, I think I am representative I think, of the baseline home improvement viewer. I was like, ah, Tim fell yeah. out a window. That's funny. And I think that's that's exactly where what I'm trying to point out here. It's like, wait a minute. If you stop and look at it just like a little longer, you're like, so they introduced the the thing that was going to happen, and then the thing happened. Yeah, they called their shot, and then they took their shot. You know, I. <laughs> but they said, but they didn't even call their shot. They set up the hoop themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm not saying it's the best tool time segment they've ever done. I guess I'm just like, I don't know, it, it's, it's enjoyable. The gloves are stuck to the sledgehammer. Hey, good times. Tim <laughs> flies out the window. Like, seeing a man get dragged it's, out a window by a heavy bucket, that's funny. Like, that's funny, It was a good Landon. stunt, for sure. Very good stunt. I'm appreciating things, I think, on just a technical level at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I, I don't mean to criticize it too much. It, it was just like... The sort of thing where I'm like, ah, oh, I don't know. I, I don't really have anything to comment on. It just it felt like it was just a facade. You don't remember I mentioned that this kind of feels like a pod person show? Yeah. Like this used to be. Yeah. It's kind of the same feeling I got from that opening where I'm like, it looks like a home impro- uh, a tool time opening. It smells like a tool time opening. It acts like a tool time opening, but there's just something a little off about it. Uh, yeah, and when, you, and when you least expect it, it's going to point at you and scream in a very unsettling kind of way. <laughs> um. Look, the the one thing from the like maybe my warm feelings for this are because when when Tim first pulls out the sledgehammer, he's standing there holding it to to demolish the wall and he's got like the 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 hammer bit of the sledgehammer is like 
right next to Al's crotch as he's talking about this big sledgehammer he's going to use. And I'm just like, I was just bracing myself like, no, no, Al, no, get your crotch away from there. So when, when Al's crotch came out of this fine, I was like, great, cool, good tool time segment. I was just worried about, you know, I guess Al's meat and two veg, but uh, he's You know fine. what's funny is, I, I don't think Home Improvement, correct me if I'm wrong, listeners and you, Truman, have we ever had a nut shot on the show? There's been a nut shot. It's been on Tim, I think. Like, I can't tell you when it happened, but there's no way we haven't had a nut shot on Home Improvement. I mean, I feel like there was a nut I, I mean, shot that's on the, Frasier. Like, there couldn't... That's the yeah. <laughs> assumption that I'm making. It makes more sense on Frasier because of the juxtaposition. Uh, <laughs> I don't... I, I cannot recall a single... Nutshot, though I am apt to block those out of my head. Okay. All right, listeners, all right. S- correct me if I. Season yeah. one, episode one, started again. No, <laughs> we gotta no, go back. No. We're gonna do a nutshot count this time. <laughs> Listen, I already made one lost reference. We do not need to go back. <laughs> so we're at the. Um, so from from the, there, that takes us to the opening credits, and then from yep. the opening credits, we're back yeah. home at the uh, at the Taylor house where JTT yep. is talking about his uh, latest work for the school newspaper it's an article about genetic mutation and environmentalism and you know typical genetic mutations in the second half of the 20th century yeah so uh, so he's writing an article about the X-Men uh, but <laughs> uh, Jill finds out that the IRS is auditing them much to Tim's chagrin and then a massive gigantic man who apparently is Brad comes in and uh, he needs extracurricular activities per his college counselor, and he decides to sign up for the newspaper, uh, much to Randy's chagrin. Okay, a we both wrote an X Men joke. Okay, <laughs> and it's it's especially also mind you, this is two comic book references in one episode for me, which is huge, given that Landon reads that comics is. all the time, and I basically I do. never do unless I'm rereading Watchmen. Uh, uh, here's a. Here's what I wrote, though, and I, I, I kind of wonder about this, even though JTT clearly has his sights set on schooling, right? Yeah. Like, that's where he's going after this. But I was wondering somewhere in the back of my head, like, do you think maybe his agent or, or the writers or him, someone was like, JTT, there, there's this movie called X-Men that's being circled around Hollywood right now. It's going to come out in two years. I think maybe JTT would be a good Iceman. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying. Is okay. Iceman is the one who turns things into ice. I'm assuming, right? <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> that was such a stupid question that it broke my brain to find a ironic answer. To my, it. my brain has been broken by the heat in this room. Listen, I could use I could use an Iceman hanging out in here right now. So we, <laughs> yeah, so that was just part of the that was part of the casting process, though. Like, if we have if we have. If, do you think that it was because they were trying to promote X-Men by tying it into the home improvement televised universe? <laughs> like there was some plan no, where think... like like the third X-Men movie would have a cameo from Soul Man in it? I think it's the equivalent of like office politics. And it's like if you say these few keywords, it might get people starting to think about you for that position. So mm-hmm. I think somewhere maybe someone was like, hey, you know what? X-Men's coming out. Uh, it's going to start casting soon. JTT is the perfect age for it. He would make a good uh, Iceman. Is that why he X, left I the show? I do think he would make a good Iceman. Wow. I mean, I don't... I honestly, with what little I remember of the original X-Men movie, I don't remember that even there was an Iceman in that movie. He might have been X-2 now that I'm thinking about it, but uh, I've merged those two movies in my brain together. So. 
JK. Um, JTTK. Um, well, I, well, people not on the inside track for X-Men, I have to imagine it was a pretty tightly locked script. The original X-Men were Cyclops, Jean Grey, Iceman, and Beast. So if hmm. you didn't know what the cast was going to be, that it was going to bring in Rogue and Wolverine right away, then maybe you would assume that, hey, you know what? There's a role for... for Actually, you know what? No, Randy is completely a Scott Summer Cyclops. Honestly, okay, I... That, that is because Scott Summers is kind of like a pretty boy. That's my memory of the of He's the a little movie. stuck up. He's a, a little bit, you know, um, takes things too seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he takes being a mutant, being persecuted by the government a little too seriously. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's like all work and no play. Kind of what we see Randy in this episode. He's just like, you're not taking things seriously. I'm taking this seriously. Mm-hmm. That is very true. That is very true. Uh, Scott Summers, Cyclops, would never say, hey, yo, nor would he write about jock itch. Um, <laughs> exactly. So so er- early on here, when JTT is talking about his newspaper article and how hard he's working on it, Jill says, your commitment to quality comes from my side of the family. And, and JTT says, how do you know? And Jill just goes, tool time, which... Good, solid burn, solid burn on Tim. Yeah. Okay, I'm not gonna keep. I'm not gonna keep repeating wow. the same point over and over. But wow. it, it's, it was just like, I don't. There's nothing new there. It's just like it's barely a joke. It's just kind of like pointing out the show. <laughs> I mean, I, but the delivery is good, Landon. It's a sitcom in its late not, seventh okay, season. Okay, right. I, <laughs> again, I'm not trying to criticize it. Patricia Richardson delivered the line wonderfully. Uh, I mean, it sounds more like a joke than it actually is a joke, is the thing. Okay, well, they make it sound very much like a joke. Like, I agree. Look, I agree. The time-worn trope of, like, you know, something about how this family believes in quality or something about how Tim is bad at something. How? Oh, what's your proof for that? Tool Time is a bad show. Like, that. that is the continual callback joke. I, 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 I get that. I, I guess I just like it every time, you know? As someone who <laughs> routinely falls back on making jokes about uh, uh, the shortcomings of our podcast, I guess I see something... Uh, I see something <laughs> of myself in that. Okay, fair. Okay, yeah, I, I'm done with that point. I won't criticize it further. Uh, here's a question, though. Yes. Brad needs extracurricular activities? Wasn't it earlier this season that he couldn't keep fucking everything on his plate? Well, well, yeah, I mean, or also, why does he need extracurricular activities if he's such a good soccer player that he's getting scouted, like, years out? Like, what, do, you, do you really think that the NC State or whatever whatever college is scouting him? Like, you right. think that, like the admissions office is going to be like, oh, well, I get that he's really good at sports, but he's got he's to gotta check another one of these boxes. <laughs> I, I don't know. I've never received a soccer scholarship, so I don't know what the prerequisites are. Right, sadly, and this may come as a shock, the same is true for me. Um... <laughs> Also, Tim being really upset about the IRS audit and the potential for the IRS to seize his cars, like, he he doesn't go very far with this, but Tim is kind of talking about how, like, you know, the the big government bullying the little car guy, or, like, he he says something, you know, how are we set for ammo, and, you know, like, just, it's just a, it's just a brief, brief, creepily, creepily. Creepy Lee. Creepy Lee. You know, that's, that's, that is what I think about Stan Lee when I see him in some of the, I don't know, when I, when I see him, when I see him, uh, being mistaken (laughs) for Hugh Hefner. I'm not blaspheming Stan Lee. Um, okay. 
Too many comic book references. This what What's is it going with, on with me you? this week? I don't know. It's, I don't it's, know. The, the heat makes me an even more insufferable nerd than I already am. Uh, when you get the temperatures <laughs> down by another fifteen degrees, I'll go back to talking about Congress and land use policy. So All right. uh, I'm gonna out, out out nerd you. You ready? Yeah, I got yeah, a little go personal story. It's not even a story; it's just an anecdote. Ooh, even uh, it's better. not even an anecdote. It's just a fact of my past. Oh, um, and, and and if and if you're not careful, it'll get downgraded to a quip. So watch your back. <laughs> In 1996, uh, my ninth grade, uh, I wrote an article uh, on cloning. Oh. So <laughs> genetic mutations in the second half of the 20th century doesn't sound too far out of the realm for me. And, and that was in the, the National Zeitgeist at the time. Uh, now, was that, you mean National Zeitgeist, is that the name of the uh, publication that you wrote the article for? or is <laughs> yeah, that? Yep. <laughs> no, I wrote it for a ninth grade uh, biology paper. Damn. Wow. So do you think that JTT was cribbing your work? <laughs> no, no, no. Cloning and mutations are very different subjects. That's that is that is very true. That is very true. Um and we got anything else from here? Uh just like the big takeaway is Brad going to work for the newspaper. Yeah, no, I mean I'm happy to keep talking about X Men. Um Kelsey Grammer as Beast. Look, I okay. I didn't want to keep going with it, but you did when you mentioned Beast as the original X Men early. Like whenever I, and I haven't seen that many X-Men movies, but whenever one of them, other than X3, has... And for folks at home who maybe didn't see X3, Kelsey Grammer plays Beast, and that, for me, at the time, was like, oh my god, what the fuck am I watching? This is great. <laughs> Kelsey Grammer in an action movie that is not, like, Money Plane, where he's just a person who appears in a scene at the beginning and a scene... Like, Kelsey Grammer, like, in a fight scene, throwing people around as a big mutant. It's amazing. It's great. Every other X-Men movie now that has Beast in it that I, that I yeah. happen to see, I'm always like, you're not Kelsey Grammer. I don't know if I'm buying <laughs> this. It's just, he's defined the role for me. Again, I've never read the comics. That's amazing. If I ever read the comics, I'll just be reading every one of Beast's lines in Kelsey Grammer voice. Well, it's, I mean, that's what the, the animated show was kind of like. It wasn't Kelsey Grammer voicing Beast, but he had a very erudite, um, you know, pan-Atlantic uh, uh, fake accent. <laughs> I uh, tossed, uh, tossed salads and scrambled eggs, I guess. <laughs> uh, I guess. We got a paper plane air pl- uh, transition get us to out of the newspaper room at the school. Uh, Randy is telling everyone what he's going to do with his article. Uh, Brad comes in for the first time, says, uh, hey, you know what? I was thinking about what I might want to write for the paper, and I think I might want to write about sports. Uh, and Randy says, okay, well, uh, maybe I can help you help you along there, um, Brad. You know, I'll give you some ideas. We can run some stuff by you. And uh, Matt, who is the manager of the newspaper, I think manages really well by saying, Randy, well, why don't we just let him develop some ideas on his own and see where it goes? And Randy's like, okie dokie. You got it, boss, and goes back to work. I, now, is Randy more of a Jimmy Olsen? Or, or, <laughs> wait, wait. And, and now, maybe he's a Peter Parker, and Brad is like Flash, Flash Thompson coming in. Yeah. yeah, Matt is saying, Brad, the number one way that you can be successful here at this paper is to get pictures of Spider-Man for us. That's what we really need. <laughs> he's chomping down on his... Uh, his, uh, uh, pixie cigar. stick, yeah, his candy, his the, candy cigar. I love the no. fact that this school paper has zero adult oversight. It's it's just None. it's only kids running the paper. Uh, well, I don't know if it was like the paper I was on. I mean, it is kind of like the paper I was on, where the teacher was like, "Okay, kids, you do your thing. I'm gonna go out for a minute and uh, 
Uh, I'll be back at the end, and then you you know see Matthew Broderick run to his car, drive and prep at the uh, hotel for the <laughs> fling he's about to have afterward, and then come back right <laughs> before the bell rings. That's a little uh, election reference for Oh, yeah, you. yeah. I'm feeling the Alexander Payne right now. How about y'all? <laughs> um, pain, pain, pain. <laughs> uh, that's a little uh, two episodes ago joke for all of you. Um, I, I, like, I, listen, when I was on the middle school paper, we were very carefully supervised, and I honestly r- regret it. Like, I wish that we had just been able to kind of do our own crazy thing, because this seems like just a freelance zine being... Uh, funded by the school. The fact that well, someone could come okay, in and say, point. like, I want to write about, like, sports and stuff and call it Hey Yo, and they're like, yeah, sure. That That is, though, what, at least when I was on the paper, it was more of a zine than an actual paper like they write here. So um, I, I guess that just speaks to the management of my paper <laughs> versus <laughs> what we're seeing here. Um, I don't know. Maybe they're just really advanced kids. I, what they're I, doing. I guess. I wrote an article, uh, a review of... This is really going to date me. Uh, Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill when Ooh. it first came out. <laughs> nice. Nice. I had – this is going to uh, this is going to make you feel closer to me than ever. I wrote a column for my middle school paper where I uh, reviewed different movies off the AFI Top 100 Best Films of All Time <laughs> list. And so yeah. as I recall – You I, got to Pat and you're like, I can't do this. <laughs> well, I didn't do 100 of them because we only put out six like issues per semester. Ah. So I only could pick six. I remember uh, I gave Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid a very poor review. That did not – that one didn't click with me for some reason loved bridge on the river Kwai, and mm. uh i specifically when i reviewed north by northwest i went out of my way to talk about how the fact that there's one scene where eva marie saint wears a dress that my dad thinks is super ugly and i think i gave at least probably the student body <laughs> the, the student body maybe didn't clue into this but definitely the teachers were looking at this like is truman's dad gay like why does he have such <laughs> strong opinions about a woman's dress in the 50s hey um, I, I got I got opinions about costumes. I'm not gay. Well, well, okay, okay. Well, I mean, did you? I don't th- think that's indicative of your your sexual orientation. I, I mean, I don't think it's indicative of your sexual orientation either. But if it's the only piece of information you have about someone is that this guy's dad gets very upset about Eva Marie Saint wearing an ugly dress in the second act of North by Northwest. Also, I I disagree with your dad on that. That gray dress is uh, iconic. Okay, well, you know what? We're gonna do a special episode where it's you and my dad going head to head debating that one dress worn by Eva Marie Saint. Have we ever done That's a right. more niche episode we're talking about like x-men and a dress worn in one scene of like a 60 year old movie jesus christ to our two remaining listeners i salute you uh what else have we got from this scene is there other stuff okay that you like yes we've talked a lot about spider-man in this scene actually and ironically uh nope it, well i'm gonna use ironically because i talked about alanis morissette yeah you, you should yeah <laughs> Our character actor, uh, who plays Matt, the manager of the paper, uh, is played by Justin Shankarau. Shankarau. Ooh, Shankarau. Uh, who has a relationship with Spider-Man. Oh, really? He has voiced Rhino, scared man, civilian, additional um, uh, voices in Spidey and his amazing friends from 2021 to 2022. Hmm. He was also in uh, doing a vis- additional Voices in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, hello. Hello. Um, He has become a pretty prolific voice actor uh, from everything in video games to uh, animation, L.A. Noir. 
Uh, okay, I feel like every single actor on Earth did a voice in L.A. Noir, though. <laughs> I feel like even you and I have done something for Rockstar at some point. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, we, we lived in the city. We didn't know they were doing it. Somebody was just recording us. There's there's two there's two NPCs in a Grand Theft Auto game walking around talking about, like, the new Safdie Brothers movie, and that's, that's us, <laughs> uncredited, unpaid. Uh, he was in Mitchelson, The Machines. Uh, versus the Machines um, most recently. He started back in 1989 with Dad's a Dog. It's a TV <laughs> movie. <laughs> a perfect title right there. I, t- I tell you, talk about a movie that starts on page one. That movie starts with the title. You don't need to know anything else. You're on board. <laughs> um, he was also on Batman the Animated Series, I think, in the first episode that the Joker is uh, presented to us. Yeah. Oh. The first Joker episode of Batman the Animated Series. So he wow. has a pretty uh, pretty close relationship to, to superheroes. Okay. But does he have a close relationship to emergency rooms? Uh, I'm uh, Unless something happened in his personal life that we don't know about, I'm going to say no. He was on an episode of Boston Public, but not ER. Good call. You gotta, dude, even when there's nothing on the line with this game, it's still difficult for me when you do that. Okay. (laughs) All right. Uh, What else you got for this scene? Anything Uh, else? Not not really anything else. Yeah, just Brad wants to do a sports gossip column where he interviews jocks in the locker room and the editor's into it. Yeah, yeah, we got it. We got it. We nailed it. uh, Crushed. Recap. We get it. We get a uh, newspaper transition scene. I pause it on the newspaper. Guess Ooh. what? No deaths. Oh, good thing. And and no wreckage floating downriver of the of the. No, it seems like the outside world of Hamtramck and Detroit have uh, evened off. It's just about uh, the upcoming swim meet and teachers holding an annual conference. The, so the teacher, we... teachers be holding annual conferences. Am I right, folks? <laughs> What's the deal <laughs> with teachers conferences? We go back home. Uh, Jill is working on the receipts for the audits while uh, Tim brings over the receipts uh, for uh, in a shoebox. Uh, he okay. Reset. T- Tim's got the receipts. <laughs> My brain was remixing it. Take this one over. Okay. I, I'm trying to read the next scene while the previous scene is playing on my screen. is really fucking me up. And I guess also typically we tend to trade off on these, and I've just been hanging back and marinating in my hot room. So Tim and Jill back home are going through uh, their receipts. Tim has got a bunch of them all categorized in a shoebox, which he then dumps out so they don't have them, like, organized anymore. Uh, and, uh, meanwhile, uh, Brad is about to, uh, go off to the mall. JTT is there and he's upset that Brad is going to go off to the mall because he says, well, wait, don't, shouldn't you be working on your big article? And Brad says, oh yeah, I wrote it in 45 minutes. And he, uh. During Spanish class. <laughs> yes, during Spanish class. Brad is speaking some Spanish in this scene that is, that is cool. That is bueno. In fact, well, bueno and cool are not the same word, but I don't know the word for, for cool. So I said bueno. Um. But uh, this is where we first get introduced to the title, Hey Yo, by Brad Taylor. JTT (laughs) thinks that it's fluff, uh, but uh, Jill is ambivalent on it, and Tim loves it. (laughs) All foreshadowing what's to come. Yes. Yeah, I don't know what to say about this episode or this uh this uh, well, little that, scene yeah freudian slip there um <laughs> what i well so this is the first kind of well, maybe not the first i think maybe what you alluded to in the previous uh scene at home uh first instances that we we're seeing tim get pushed into the background and yeah here's here's something i'll say about that 
he starts to play it a little more broadly when he's not the focus mm-hmm. and it it works a lot better yeah. even to your previous point about him going off on you know big government yeah. like he's still playing it in broad strokes that is hard for me to take him seriously yeah to the and, po- that one of his bits in the previous scene is suggesting to Brad that they start their own country to avoid taxes which is just funny right. yeah Exactly, exactly. And so here, too, like the business that he's doing with the receipts is just like he doesn't have to, you know, like really do much. And because the pressure's off, there's just like a a whole other layer unlocked in Tim Allen's performance that is just so airy and fun. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I want to see more of it. Yeah, yeah, it is. It This is some flavor of the doofy Tim that we that we like a lot. I yeah. I what the, okay this is this is a return to form for me. I know I was talking about comic books and things that people generally like before. Okay. I wish that more of this episode was actually about Tim and Jill doing their taxes because it makes sense that the IRS would audit them because I feel, for a long time we've suspected <laughs> that Tim has been pretty shady with his finances. Yeah. And we find out in this scene he's just one he's just one breadcrumb on that trail to Big Benford and taking them down. <laughs> Exactly, and the environment would be improved. I mean, honestly, it would make sense for Randy to be helping the investigators. He may have tipped them yeah. off, but I know uh, he he he's um, the, the fact that he's written off some uh, some disasters around the house as business expenses because he used a Binford fire extinguisher to put out the fire. It's like I want more of that, though. How did how did the man's kitchen really get financed? Like the, these are these are the things that I that I wish the show would go more into, and I'm probably the only one who wants that. <laughs> it's the, yeah, uh, Detroit Mafia is laundering money through the man's kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's all a write-off. <laughs> yeah, true, true. It all is. Uh, wait, I mean, because this is the right stuff, and this is basically the write-off. There you go. It's another episode. Uh, um, yeah, go ahead. No, 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 you should go. I have a thing from the very end of the scene, so we can go out on it. I have a thing from the article Brad's writing. Uh, he did a poll um, of boxers to briefs. Mm. Mm-hmm. Are you asking people, me? No, people are are more um, on the side of boxers. I mean, yeah, but that that makes sense. I mean, at that that age group. I mean, high school was when I made the yeah. big switch, and I never really looked back. Yeah, I don't know how big the boxer brief was at the time. Yeah, because I feel like that has kind of usurped the the boxer game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Maybe I'm speaking from a bias, but, you know, because I went from tidy whities to boxers to uh, uh, boxer briefs, and I never went back on any of those uh, transitions. I see. Um, I only went to boxers. I guess I haven't gone to boxer briefs yet. I hear that they're amazing, but I guess I want to hold on to my my childhood a little bit longer. <laughs> And I'm not saying this in terms of our age gap, but I'm just saying this in terms of generalities. It could be an age thing where you get boxers to free things up a little bit, and then once you get to a certain age, you're like, no, I need a little more security down there. These guys need structure now, yeah. Okay, okay, that's fair, that's fair. Um, Okay, what else you got from the end of the scene? Uh, just, just just from the end of the scene where, where um, you know, JTT is so incensed at this terrible article Brad has written. He says, if every newspaper had reporting like this, we'd have a nation filled with idiots. And then we just get mm-hmm. Tim reading the article going, hey, this is great. I don't know. 
which takes us into this transition that I want to talk about. Okay. Which I was which looking is, away from, so tell me about you it. You were. Okay. So um, I don't know what you call them. They're not new stands, but you know, like the, the free, um, you oh, know, like where the, you get the free press. The, you know, the, yeah, you the just little, pull that little kiosk. You lift the thing up, you take the newspaper out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we get one of those and plaster down the front where you, you know, they usually put that day's uh, newspaper so you know which one you're grabbing. Um, it just says, idiots biannual. Inside this week's issue, everything you wanted to know about other people, but were too dumb to ask. <laughs> it, can we, can, is it too late to rename the podcast Idiots Bi-Weekly or something? Or, we're not bi Biannual? Yeah, yeah, Idiots no. Biannual, yeah, yeah. Idiots quad. Uh, no, monthly. it's not because that means we only have to do two episodes a year. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean that we would still be in season one at this point, and I don't think we have that juice in God, us. God, you're right. Okay, we're going to the next scene. Yeah, let's go to the next scene. So it's next sco- scene is pretty short. I got yeah. this one. Yeah. Uh, Randy and Lauren talk about his article, um, and she compliments him on it, and she tries to keep the newspaper away, but it turns out that uh, Randy's article on genetic mutations in the later half of the 20th century isn't actually on the front page like he assumed Uh it's actually hey yo that is on the front page i i love the editorial decision to hey let's put the column like this sort of just general column on the front page let's let's make the let's make the boxer question about that later too where Matt might be a good uh, inner office manager, I think he has questionable judgment when it comes to putting an actual newspaper together. I mean, I guess, like, I guess it's an educational endeavor. He's learning, and you know, he learns from his mistakes. Yeah, when he's editing the college paper, he won't do this. But also, I don't know. Maybe he's smarter than all of us because it seems like Hey Yo gets the entire school way more interested it's in true. the newspaper than they ever were before. So maybe he should be leading with Hey Yo. Uh, it's, it's quite possible. And in fact, we get another character actor in the scene, Brian, uh, who is kind of buddy, buddy with Brad and, um, trying to pitch him ideas for his own article that he wants to do, uh, is played by a character actor. If my computer will stop. Uh. Okay. (laughs) Something wonky is going on with this IMDb page. It's not loading properly. Oh, man. So he wasn't played by a character actor. The the internet has deleted him. Honestly, if you could see what my screen is doing right now, it kind of looks like... It is deleting. It, uh, I have all these like little pixelations. It kind of looks like Infinity War. <laughs> Somewhat, <laughs> Flanos has snapped his fingers on this guy's IMDb page. You know, ha- half of all character actors are just vanishing from uh, from existence. <laughs> you know what? I always said uh, there are about half too many character actors in this <laughs> universe. W- William H Macy is standing there like, oh, oh, Mr. Stark, I don't feel too good. <laughs> If jo- if John Polito hadn't died already, he'd be turning into mist. Exactly. <laughs> John Carroll Lynch uh, okay, floating away. I got him pulled up on uh, my iPad here. He is named, Con- I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Um, oh, it says Kai Eric Erickson. Hmm. So even though it's spelled uh, K-A-J, uh, it's pronounced Kai Eric Erickson. Is, is, um, are, we, are we sure that this isn't noted uh, conservative political commentator Eric Erickson wearing a child mask. <laughs> um, no. 
Why, why, why no, dude? I just love to skateboard and talk about lower tax rates. I'm holding a hand, <laughs> I'm holding a finger in front of my nose, like Perfect. it's like a fake mustache. This is how yep. the heat stroke has led my humor to, to this point. Go on, Landon, the hit, please. The Hitler mustache. Yeah. Um, uh, Eric Erickson, folks, I wouldn't be too surprised. <laughs> uh, he has 16, uh, 6D, 6 0 acting credits going back to 1987. Uh, in a TV movie with, uh, ooh, is that uh, Mark mm. Harmon? Ooh. Uh, after The Promise, he would then uh, re-team with him much later in life. He was on an episode of MacGyver. Oh. Uh, Wait, this is another. Monkey House. We've had, we've had other MacGyver actors, on, like recently. Like last oh, week had, there was a MacGyver. We, we've had a lot of MacGyvers. In this, okay. uh, in this little show of ours. Well, uh, true. Okay, yes, in the grand scheme of things. But I remember we had another MacGyver recently. Eh, go on, please. <laughs> he was also in a one of those like after-school special type of uh, TV movies called Born Too Soon Ooh. about a premature <laughs> born baby. Uh, um, Are You Afraid baby? of the Dark? The Ooh. short-lived Mega Man animated series. The Commish. Yeah. Um, Walker, Texas Ranger. Okay. And uh, a couple of, a lot, oh, actually, a lot of other things. Um, was he on ER, though? That's the question. Was he on NYPD Blue? He was on NCIS. Mm, that's uh, also useful. Sorry, I just, I'm not on my normal thing. He, he reteamed with Mark Harmon and NCIS. Oh, well, I said that. Uh, but <laughs> when I said it earlier, I meant NCIS Los Angeles. He's done mm. both. Oh, okay, both the both regular and and the offshoots. Yeah. I'm gonna say yes, yes to ER. He was on ER. He was not on ER. Shit, it's even worse when you sing it. It's like it's like the cast of Glee <laughs> is roasting me for being bad at this game. <laughs> I'm sorry. <sighs> uh, do we have anything so, else from this scene? Kai Eric Erickson. Um, no, we get another newspaper transition. Uh, still no deaths. Um, we wow. go back home. What happens there? <laughs> so back home, there are also no deaths. Uh, JTT is upset at Brad because uh, his article about an ecosystem on the verge of collapse got bumped by Brad's jock itch article. Um, Brad does not take this well, accuses uh, JTT of being jealous of him. Tim and Jill break up their fight, but uh, JTT storms out of the room and insists that Brad is stupid. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, then, you know... Th- Brad also leaves the room, and Jill laments to Tim that the boys are fighting. She wants to get involved and mediate this. And, uh, five dollars. Yeah, yeah. okay. I, you know, I'll pay it. I'll pay it, because Jill is genuinely lamenting. That's worth five bucks to me to describe it that that's way. Two, that's ten bucks. Uh, yeah, well, okay, you know what? I, I mean, this is starting to stack up, but I'll take out a loan if I have to to describe okay. Jill right. Taylor's emotions in the way that I want. Um, okay. But Tim Tim insists that, no, they don't need to get in between what's going on between these two brothers. Tim grew up with four brothers. They don't need parental interference, and uh, they can just sort things out on their own. Let them just man it out. You know, if they survive it, <laughs> they'll be fine. They won't have any lasting emotional trauma that they'll take into their day-to-day lives. Um, oh, oh, oh. um yeah, so some good, some good combat here. I mean, some good verbal sparring, I guess, between uh, Randy and yeah. Brad. I, I have some thoughts on this scene, actually. I told you Ooh. I had some mini-reflections. Yeah. So this isn't episode-wide, but this is the the scene where I think I have the most, uh, most to, I wouldn't say the most to say. I've talked a lot already. Uh, <laughs> uh, here, here's what I noticed, and I kind of went through a, a couple different opinions about it. Yeah. One, I, I was thinking, you know, we, we've read from JTT, the unauthorized or totally JTT, the unauthorized biography of 
Jonathan Taylor Thomas, written by Michael Ann Johns. Yes, we have. You have to say uh, the entire title and who wrote it every time, by law. In, in, that, in that totally, completely true book, uh, we learned a little bit about the, the, the sometimes tension that occurred between the boys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, when I first was watching the scene, I'm like, oh, it's finally starting to spill out. Or, or they're pulling on their real-life tension. But then I, I thought about it a little bit longer, and I'm like, no, I actually think this is a mark. I mean, because you, you, you really do feel... <laughs> actually, Dollar in the mark jar. Floating, mark floating around the uh, uh, <laughs> this episode does kind of also feel like it's pulling from his outsiderness. Yes. In, in their dynamic, but... I think that because you really do feel the like the threat and the tension between these two, like yeah. it's a really, really authentic, you know, uh, a tone to their fight. It it feels very real, especially because like particularly Brad like is so big, yeah. like it's like oh shit, these these <laughs> two could have to fuck do each other up to be yeah. threatening. Yeah, right. So I think that this is what I came to realize is that I think you only get that level of authenticity with co-stars who grew up together and went through those things like they actually were siblings. Oh, they, so yeah. you're actually watching like the realest kind of on-screen sibling rivalry that we can actually see because they have grown from being nine, 10 years old into 17 year olds and arguing in front of each. Like it, I think that's a really rare thing, and uh, I just want to appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's kind of method acting boy fights right there. <laughs> Richard Linklater directed this whole series. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it is like I, I don't know, like this when I was a kid and I had friends who were siblings who would fight. Um, mm-hmm. I, as a very sheltered, sensitive boy, would get very anxious and upset when that happened, and seeing them kind of getting up in each other's faces and shoving each other was triggering trace amounts of that of that anxiety <laughs> yeah. from the past like yes, oh likewise. no oh someone's gonna get hurt you guys need to be okay are you okay I'm just w- waiting for uh, some fictional mom from the background to go god damn it would you shut up what are you doing now <laughs> yeah jill is my, my friend's mom <laughs> <laughs> yeah well jill is a little more hands-on than that um i like that that you know, like when when they're having this fight, Brad is Brad is getting up in in Randy's face and talking about how he's you know I'm more popular, I'm a better athlete, and now I'm a better writer. And then uh, you know Tim and Jill break this up, but when JTT walks out and calls Brad stupid, Brad just yells after him, "I'm taller too!" And and <laughs> as he's storming off in the opposite direction, Tim just goes, "Oh, nice comeback, Brad." <laughs> and then it leaves uh, Tim and Jill to kind of talk and they they see the newspaper and and they're like, "Oh, I think we're going to have to help them out with this one." Kind of puts Tim and Jill at odds uh for the remainder of the episode. Um and I really like Jill's line uh when she tries to defend it by saying, "But I'm their mommy and I hate when they're being so mean to each other." <laughs> yeah, well it's like yeah, because she starts off with like you know, I know that it's normal for boys to fight, and I should just let them work them out on work it out on its own. But I'm their mommy, and they're being so mean. Like she, she seems <laughs> genuinely upset, and you hear her southern yeah. accent in a big way in that, which I also like. It was like a, it was great to the point that when I wrote it down in my notes, it was like, and they're being b e i n so mean to each other, <laughs> being so mean. Uh, here's another thing I just wanted to to bring out because I think the rest of this goes pretty quickly here. Yeah. Um. 
I just want to talk about Tim's wardrobe for a moment. Not specifically in the scene. This scene is what brought it to mind, but I'm thinking more generally about Tim Taylor at home. Yeah. Not necessarily Tim Taylor on Tool Time, where in this scene, he's just, he's like wearing just a dad shirt and dad jeans tucked in. You see his belt, and he's wearing just that like navy blue windbreaker jacket over top of it. I mean, he just looks like Home Depot on a Sunday afternoon dad. (laughs) Home dad po, yeah. And maybe this is a conversation better served for one of the movies we cover with Tim Allen. But I wonder as like, as your star is rising and you're becoming one of the, not only the biggest television stars, but you're, you're getting these breakout hits with movies. Yeah. Movie star too. How does it feel to be wearing such like, you know, this is an era before zaddies and dad bod. Like he's just (laughs) dressing like a dad and it's not necessarily flattering, but it's not unflattering. It's just like, I don't know. It paints him not quite as a sex symbol or as like a, you know, given the star treatment that I feel like they would be given nowadays. Like that's the, the not Tim Taylor, but the, the production, the home improvement production would be like, go through a, a queer eye for the straight guy sort of process and giving him like the hippest version of, dad clothes no i i completely agree that's a really good point because i think a lot well not like a lot it's not like i lie awake at night thinking about this but like you watch (laughs) the office and the first couple seasons of that you know everyone looks sort of schlubby like they're a bunch of kind of just they work in a crappy office in the middle of nowhere and then as that show goes on everyone on the office just gets sexier and sexier and like everyone has great (laughs) hair and like even background characters like you know oscar is wearing like designer pants or so well i mean i mean oscar is one of the more stylish people you you get it like everyone just becomes effortlessly stylish and good looking and it's just sort of taken for granted that the show is popular so people get better looking i i like that on maybe it was just not in the culture at that time and shows didn't operate that way but i like that yeah even though tim is uh, tim taylor Tim Allen is on a meteoric rise in fame. They are not. They are not sexing him up for this. They are not like well, having him wear designer looks. Luke's. Even if you compare Tim Taylor to Mike Baxter, I feel like Mike Baxter is that version, and it, there's like a huge chasm between the two characters. This feels like an authentic Michigan middle class dad. Yeah. Whereas I think they're they're alluding to that with Mike Baxter, but in reality, it's like designer dad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it, yeah, is it that TV shows cared more about realism back then because Roseanne was also on, or was it just that that TV shows didn't, that costume I, wardrobe people didn't give as much of a shit because TV didn't matter back then and it was all about the movies? No, I'm going to say it's that the general understanding of good style has risen with the advent of not only the internet, but Instagram specifically, mm. that you couldn't put tim taylor dressed like this in a show today and not just have him you know be like oh my god is he gonna like is he gonna rob the store (laughs) is he you know what what's what's his deal like does he need uh is he at the welfare you know counter what's going on with it like it it, it, the contrast is so drastic and um i think you know like the way he's dressing is like how normal dads still dress to this day but that can't be represented in 2022 and it's weird Mm, mm -hmm. 
the only the only criticism I have of that is if the general consciousness of style has has risen across across the board across the population. I don't know why I still dress in like old baggy t-shirts on a day when I don't have to leave the house. But that's that's a question for another podcast. <laughs> I mean, when you're not being seen, that's a whole other. I mean, I've done ninety percent of grunt work without pants on. So I, I mean, I mean, look, you're you're lucky that you can't smell me right now. That's the real that's the real <laughs> issue. Um, All right, take us into this next scene. Okay, so the next scene, it's uh, more, uh, you know, Tim and Jill once again have brought the receipts. They're still going through their yeah. receipts for their audit. Um, Mark uh, comes in with Brad's article, which he wants to put up on the fridge, specifically because it's going to antagonize Randy. And, quote, the more they fight, the less they rag on me. Um, then uh, Still happening. <laughs> Brad and uh, JTT come into the kitchen and once again start uh, start fighting over some, you know, some new minor thing that is just an outgrowth of the larger uh, newspaper goings on. They're both threatening Brad to be like Bluto from Popeye wearing this like incredibly <laughs> yes. tight, almost sailor suit. Yeah, it's shirt. like it's like that or like what Russian sailors wear. I mean, I, I stand with Ukraine <laughs> and everything, but you know how it like in, in like any yeah. any like action movie from the 90s. If you see a Russian sailor, they've got like the beret on and like that that kind of striped shirt. It, it, go watch an old movie, folks. Um, but yeah, <laughs> they're going to go start rowing in the RTOC or something. <laughs> uh, but so uh, Tim sent, you know, the boys are threatening to beat the shit out of each other. Tim sends them outside uh, to, to handle it. And then Tim is promptly surprised when he sees Brad beating the shit out of Mark. So they separate them, and uh, Tim and Jill uh, have kind of a heart-to-heart with the, the boys and try to instill in them the necessity of getting along with your with your bros. Yeah, um, Jill takes Randy, Brad takes, uh, or Tim takes Brad. Um, I, I thought that was kind of an interesting break. We've talked on this show many times about... Um, uh, the relationship, not only between Jill and Randy, but between between Patricia Richardson and JTT. Oh, yes. Uh, so that felt real. real. I don't know. I mean, well, I, like, it just felt natural. And that's part. I mean, and again, this scene is where she lays the realness about how Brad is leaving soon. I mean, maybe that's why this scene felt so resonant. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also, you know, Brad's kind of a lunkhead and Tim's kind of a lunkhead and uh, I don't know. It just seems like they can relate on on you know, like Randy's the intellectual, and yeah. clearly Jill's the intellectual. So Absolutely. I don't know. It's just kind of a natural pairing. Yeah. Um, I, I, I will say though, in watching the scene uh, as it's playing while you were describing the scene, um, immediately brought to mind the the outtake that we got. The, the outtake, well, all, all t- so so all time, all time great outtake. I almost wish that it happened in the episode to just. Oh, <laughs> I know. Oh man, we got it. We're gonna talk about that outtake for so long when it happens. Yeah. Um. I, again, I think we should recognize again. Mark is just in this episode a little bit, but they give him baller yep. lines. Uh, you know, yeah. he. You know, the the more they fight, the less they rag on me. Then when they're down there and they're they're arguing over why JTT didn't tell Brad that this girl called for him. Uh, you know, uh, uh, JTT is saying like, oh, well, I assumed you'd figure it out on your own because you're so smart and tall. And, and you know, Brad says something back and Mark just goes, yep, it doesn't get any better than this. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love Mark. Mark, uh, look, Mark has grown on me. It took the whole damn show. It took him growing into an adult, basically. But now I'm on the Mark train. Mark is doing shit that Randy was doing four seasons ago. um there's only one other thing i want to point out and it's a set direction thing Uh, you know i love to to point out the set direction oh you love it 
It's crazy and not, about it. I, and no, no, I'm not talking about pointing out little details in the background, like wedding photos that don't turn out to be actual wedding photos. I, I'm talking to like burned the, by that one. The set dressing, where like I'm surprised this show didn't win so many more Emmys for this sort of thing because the attention to detail in the seasons changing in this backyard is just—it's mm, kind mm-hmm. of mind blowing. Yeah, Jill, was it last episode or two episodes ago with the spud gun? Uh, last episode with the spud gun. It was the last... Okay, so between that episode and this episode, in that little flower bed right underneath the trellis, there's a bunch of blooming flowers now. What? The sp- so, yeah. Uh, so, hey, so the spud gun worked. That's incredible continuity, especially given that they probably didn't have any assurances these episodes would run in order. That's really... That's right. really impressive. Yeah, exactly. That is impressive. I, I love... I, and also, I love the fact that whoever, you know, the the... The person in charge of the set dressing for this show, I mean, they they made a lot of money doing this because obviously it's a union job and you're on a syndicated yeah. show. Like, set dressers can buy houses off of that shit. But, like, <laughs> this person had such love and joy and attention to detail in the work that they did. And they, they put all these little details in that no one noticed until us, basically. And that they made <laughs> a lot of money doing it, like, made a really decent, solid income. I don't know, it makes me happy that someone was out there practicing their craft in this kind of and doing it so well yes yes so like they really cared about this show and about this world they were building for the tailors to play in endless endless salutes to the below the line uh (laughs) crew of home improvement and above the line too um do you want to talk just a a quick funny scene about uh a, a funny moment in the scene where tim was telling brad about what he used to do with his uh his brother uh steve and oh. he kind of gets lost, lost in the role play. <laughs> yeah. So Tim is Tim is relating outside. He's talking to Brad about how he he one time took his brother Steve's hot rod when they were when they were teens and drove it into a lake, and that how uh, Steve beat the crap out of him because Steve is really, really you know a lot bigger than him. And Brad keeps interrupting the story to say like, "Oh my God, he must have destroyed you. He's so huge." And then Tim gets into. You know, he talks about how fighting with fighting with his brother hurt their relationship for a really long time. But then he also into it starts fantasizing about, you know, how he would have done things differently now. And he gets into this kind of extended fantasy of like, if I had him, if you know, I had him, I would have got him down like this. And he starts like fantasizing about like throwing him on the ground and punching <laughs> him a whole bunch of times. I don't have the exact lines, but <laughs> I mean, there there aren't really exact lines. He, he, that's the, I think kind of the joke is he gets so lost in it that he's like stumbling over his own words. Uh, trying to you know just hurdle uh, hurl hurl comebacks at uh, at Steve on the ground while he's just because he, he's not even like punching well he's just kind of like swinging his fists like a ten year old would I I and I like that I don't know I whenever Tim gets lost in his own world and everyone else has to bring him back I I really that is the t- again I like the doofy Tim and I like. Like, that combined with a Tim who gets very enthusiastic about things and will get completely lost in a fantasy. I mean, I'm, this is cluing back to Tim in the last episode with the gas mask being so excited having gone hunting in the in the nerve gas-laden house. I, I just, I wish that was more, that was just like a regular thing with Tim. Him, him, like, <laughs> just being this benevolent force who generally wants to be helpful, isn't too bright, and occasionally will get lost in a flight of fancy that everyone around him has to drop what they're doing and bring him back from the brink. I, I like that. <laughs> me, me too. Uh, um, While you were doing that, I, I had a, I had a reason to have you go into that. Oh, yeah. Um, I wanted to look up the set designer uh, <laughs> wow. for the show. Wow, you really... <laughs> 
You just, you gave me a, you gave me a mozzarella stick and a juice box, not a mozzarella stick, you gave me just a cheese stick and a juice box, and like, hey Truman, why don't you go, why don't you go play with you, play with your Game Boy for a minute while you could, you know, uh, do your job. Okay, so what did you find out about the set designer when you distracted your idiot co-host? <laughs> uh, set designer is Greg uh, Nyer, I think that's how you pronounce it, it's G-N-E-I-E-R, um, art department for 64, he has 64 credits. Um, and as we know, 64 credits when you're talking about TV is nothing because each of those credits has many, many episodes underneath them. Yeah. yeah. So he goes back all the way to what's happening now, uh, in 1986, he works on the, this keeps coming up. That's interesting. The the short-lived 9 to 5 TV series. Again. Yeah. Uh 65 episodes of Elf, 4 episodes of Seinfeld. Ooh. Uh he did 116 episodes as assistant art director of Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> oh, he, streaks I'm, on the china <laughs> never matter before. Who cares? Skipping All over a few here. Um like Drexel, Drexel's class, which is a very short-lived show, but I remember it. Um, <laughs> Thunder Alley, another short-lived show, but was on at the same time as Home Improvement. Uh, I mean, and he's doing like entire runs of these. So he did 27 episodes there, 18 episodes, Boys Are Back. Uh, he did Sabrina the Teenage Witch um, in 1996 and 1997 for 24 episodes. 84 episodes of Hanging with Mr. Cooper. He did all 24 episodes of Soul Man, the Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> Does a flip. 81 episodes of Two Guys, a Girl, and a Pizza Place. Uh, the entirety of the Gina Davis show. He did, um, I mean, like, so much He's still working. Like he did uh, Hot in Cleveland with Betty White. Damn! Wow. And he's... Uh, Wizards of Waverly, Waverly Place. I there's a brief chance that I would have worked with this gentleman. Oh my god! <laughs> in that one fleeting, fleeting moment. Um, the last thing he did was in 2017. So probably has finally retired. Uh, though. I, well, I well not, deserved. Cause... I feel like at that point. <laughs> well yeah. deserved, but. We are we are being deprived of your your brilliant work. Listen, we got to We got to fly a helicopter out to the farm where he's living. He's chopping wood. We get off there. We say, like, we need you. We need you back. Shows aren't being set dressed <laughs> properly. And he's like, I swore I'd never go back to it. <laughs> I kind of agree with that, though. Everything just feels the same. Yeah, that I watch on TV these days. Totally agree. Totally agree. I want to also briefly talk about uh, Jill talking to Randy. Now, aside from. OK. Aside from the the whole, you know, your brother's moving out soon. You need to make the most of your time yes. together, which is what they get around to. Getting getting into that, she she says, Randy, I want to tell you a story from when I was fourteen. And Randy goes, <laughs> Not the flute story again. And she goes, No, this isn't the flute story. Now this was a story about my mother, and she bought me my very first tuba oh this is the flute story it's a good story it's like I, I can't sit through it again it is such a funny interplay between the two of them and you know what now that i'm thinking about it i really am gonna miss jtt because of the like the moments he has with <laughs> patricia richardson their chemistry is so good you could do a whole show yeah. about her as a spunky single mom and him as her spunky kid and them just playing off each other it would be so great i 
I just I got a premonition just now. Yeah. There's gonna be the episode where he leaves. Are you crying? And it I might cry. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know that I'll cry recording. But I'll tell you why I think it's going to be emotional. Outside of just JTT leaving, it's going to be the first, like, indication that current work is ending. Oof. Yeah, that's going to be hard. <laughs> it's it's going to be a real mixed bag of emotions, I think. Yeah, it's like, it, it is it is the, the process of just kind of slowly turning out the lights one by one. And that's the first light that you're, that you're turning out. You're, you're thinking of Cheers. I sorry, we're closed. Um, speaking of things that make me cry, um, <laughs> oof. So okay, okay. Uh, anything else with that scene? We nah, get no. a grilling transition. We go yeah. outside. Randy's tossing a bunch of uh, his school newspapers into the trash. Wilson comes out and says, "Why aren't you recycling those?" Randy says, "Well, uh, Brad's writing trash, so that's where it belongs." And Ew. they talk. <laughs> they talk for a second and. Uh, Wilson tries to give him a different perspective and says, well, if Brad wrote something brilliant, would you feel uh, the same way? And uh, Randy says, yeah, yeah, I think maybe. Or no, maybe, maybe not. I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> so what does he say? Do, do, yeah, you're all, you're all over the <laughs> place on this. He doesn't waver as much as I did. He's like, no, I, I don't think I'd feel differently. Or yes, I would feel differently. Truman, what does he say here? <laughs> he... He says, uh, he says, that, I got caught up on Win- Walter Winchell. <laughs> yeah, I think he says that he would not feel, he wouldn't be as burnt about it if he had written something good. I think it's that it, like, if he'd, re- if he'd been upstaged by journalism that he respected more, he would have at least respected uh, Brad for it. Um, but anyway, yeah, Wil- Wilson, th- yeah, that's, that's what he says. Then Wilson gets into quoting Robert F. Kennedy, which I didn't even bother writing down, and then yeah, uh, starting why? to talk about his time writing for the Wichita Star as a young man and being upstaged by Walter Winchell. Which is to the point of, you know, Winch Winchell is. writing good things, and yeah, he, uh, it got him, it in that scenario, uh, being bumped by Walter Winchell actually got more exposure for his own work. Yes. And so he said that in the end, it, it ended up benefiting him. And his column was called what, Landon? Um, I like rocks. Well, it was called Rock Beat. And rock Randy beat. says, rock oh, y- you wrote about rock and roll? And Wilson says, no. No, uh, it was about, re- sorry, you know I'm not good at this yeah, call I, and I, response right, thing when it right, comes to dialogue. Right. I should, yes, you're right. Okay. Wilson <laughs> says... Randy says, you wrote about rock and roll. Wilson says, no, rocks. He wrote a column about rocks, a geology-related column, which is totally on brand for Wilson. Truman, whenever we we do a live show and we do improv, please don't ask me, hand me a a fake book and ask me to read from it. If I hand you a fake book, you just say no, period, and and just black out on that. Um... I want to say I want to say also like why does anyone in the Taylor family when Wilson says something that could be construed to be something normal why do they always assume it's the normal thing like when Randy hears this Randy's smart like oh rock beat like the normal response to say let me guess Wilson you wrote a column about rocks didn't you why yes young neighbor like it just makes more sense (laughs) like it's been a long time guys figure this out yeah I I wrote a note that I don't fully understand that just says Randy's struggle whoa Um, yeah I, I don't get it, but I, don't, I, don't uh, I have a bigger it, note, yeah. which is uh, when Randy asks if Wilson has read the story, 
A, I, I seem to remember that Wilson was a subscriber to the magazine for one thing. Well, yeah, but yeah, what the, he or read the, the newspaper. Yeah, he read the, pre, the the article about how Binford is fucking up the environment. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, he says that Brad gave him a copy, and uh, he, Randy gets kind of, you know, uppity about it. He's like, oh, did he frame it for you? And Wilson goes, in fact, he did. And then he, you know pushes it over the fence so that Randy could see it. And to, this goes back to our earlier point uh, about Matt being maybe a, not the greatest newspaper layout artist yeah. in the world because it's supposed to be a front page story. Wilson puts this framed thing over the, the fence so we can see it. And it's like a side column. Yeah. This, it's, it's, it's dinky. It is very, very short. <laughs> It is. I mean, there's not even like a, a a big you know. There's not a headline, headline on it. Yeah, no, yeah. no. It's like they have to put like they have to put it on the front page because people would for would not even know that it's in there otherwise. <laughs> you need a magnifying exactly. glass to read it. Basically, the whole thing is fine print. Yeah. Uh, that was my only note really for that that scene. That's my only note too. Like the ba- the basic gist is uh yeah. J- Oh yeah, we already covered the basic gist that that somebody okay. writing stuff that you think is too juicy and salacious still gets more people reading your column. So yeah. we get a rock transition to yes. back to the newspaper office. Uh, Brad uh, Brian comes in to try to give Brad an article on a girl in the class stuffing her bra. Brad rightly uh, declines it. Randy Uh-oh. comes in and uh, apologizes to Brad, and uh, Brad says that he has read Randy's article too, and uh, they kind of make up and. Uh, kiss for the rest of the scene. Mm, I don't know if I remember that last bit. I will say that that <laughs> you're uh, taking notes. I would. I will say that Brad. Uh, Brad refusing to run the article about the cheerleader stuffing her bra means that this newspaper has higher journalistic standards than certainly the New York Times and uh, many other uh, many other outlets <laughs> in the United States. Uh, I. I also like so okay. Noted. So the guy, yeah, I know. Boo, journalism burn. Yeah, that's right. I went to you're journalism on, school. You're on blast, New take, York Times. Take that, the New York Times. This podcaster no one's heard of doesn't like your editorial page mainly. Um, <laughs> so uh, the 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 guy who Wilson was in that that rivalry with was Walter Winchell. And whenever yep. I hear Winchell, I immediately think of the donut shop Winchells, which was at least a big thing. This is a note I have. Okay, very good. So when when Randy tells Brad that he's like a modern day Walter Winchell. Brad goes, the donut guy? I was just like, yes, I feel seen. And I was like, no, no, no. Wait, why not? No. Wait, why not? Because Winchell's Donuts doesn't exist in Michigan. Oh. Well. That is an L.A. joke that slipped by the Michigan filter that they have on this show, which is usually airtight. The, the Michigan filter sounds like the, like, I don't know, that would be like a nickname they'd give to like some kind of linebacker or something on a Michigan football team. <laughs> ah, Steve, Steve Jablonski. They call him the Michigan filter. Nothing gets through. Um, I look, I may, that, that may all be true, but uh, Winchell's was a West coast thing. And one of my, yeah. a very early informative childhood moment was my, when I was a wee toddler, my mom and I were driving past to Winchell's and I asked if we could go in and get donuts there. And, mom said no we have other things to do and i started throwing a tantrum and kicking the seat and my mom promptly turned the car around and took me home and put me straight to bed and that was a very big like 
moment of like, oh, wow. if you if you're an asshole about things, Truman, you don't get what you want. So uh, Winchell's <laughs> that, that is Win- a very telling moment. Thank you for sharing with us. Uh, thank you. Yes, here on this podcast where I'm an asshole about everything. Uh, <laughs> so clearly the message stuck. I'm just saying that uh, that that Win- Winchell's made me who I am today. I guess or or mm-hmm. Winchell denial made me who I am today. Not having Winchell's <laughs> made me who I am. So that mean that means a lot. That's my story. And you're sticking to it. Sounds yes, good. Because I'm sticking to it because of how many donuts I've eaten. Um, also, <laughs> uh, like, so Brad, you know, Brad is, uh, uh, Brad having read JTT's article tells him that yeah, he's a talented writer too. And they're talking about collaborating yeah. together sometime. And JTT suggests that the uh, story they could write would be called, Hey, yo, did you see what Ralph Nader wore to the latest EPA conference? <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah and then brad says well we could definitely help him if he has jock itch yeah jock itch is a major kind of subplot in this episode we didn't touch on it all uh you shouldn't you shouldn't (laughs) touch it if you leave it alone well uh, we don't need to get into that we don't need to get into that uh i did the second that line came out i I don't know it's almost like they're writing randy specifically for truman in 2022 (laughs) yes yes they really they they finally figured out the demographic that they're shooting for with randy which is me specifically me one (laughs) dude who was very young at the time and wouldn't appreciate any of these jokes (laughs) um yeah because where else are you going to get a ralph nader's jock itch joke nowhere just here Probably not, unless, uh, like, I don't know, unless you go to, like, Ralph Nader's Golf Club or something. Um, <laughs> Just a bunch of guys in the locker room joking about his jock itch. Yeah. Oh, hey, Ralph, yeah, your 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 private areas are so itchy because they're insufficiently dry. <laughs> How itchy are they? I, uh, oh, that, that's, that's, the, that's a character I was playing who is just late to every joke. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were setting up for really bad backup man. I, I, I thought I thought you were setting up for for Rodney Dangerfield to to make an unexpected appearance in the uh, in the in the <laughs> golf club where Ralph, Ralph Nader goes. I almost said um, I almost said Rolf Nader, like the character from the Muppets, also ran as a spoiler in the 2000 election. Well, I'll tell you what, I bet Rolf has jockage as well. Uh, if, if, if his crotch is as woolly as the rest of him. Oh, Kermit, I've been sitting here playing this piano for so long. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right, we get a fade out. We come into our singer. Uh, Jill and Tim are done with their taxes. Uh, they're getting a total of a $3.17 refund uh jill thinks that uh they should use this momentum just like tim said with the the oh, trash shit. can earlier oh fuck oh man <laughs> this they is a should perfect uh, circle. use this audit to finish this year's taxes early and mail them in so that we're not racing to the mailbox to get them in on time you really want like five minutes of midnight you rushing down the street uh to to get them there you're sweating and hitting the gas and tim's like please don't take that away from me yep Good joke. Good joke. Good joke. Are you? Do you get your taxes end the, done? End of the scene. I did mine in February. Fuck you. You. <laughs> Here, but here's the thing: is like I I work for a W two now, so it's just yeah. like almost all automatic. You know, it pulls it directly from ADP, puts it in there, calculates my thing, and does my thing, and then I pay money, and it's done. Okay, you know, I guess that I just <laughs> I don't know. Every every tax season, I I am either. I am either like Ned Flanders in that one Simpsons episode where he wakes up at like 
midnight on New Year's Eve to the fireworks going off and says, oh, golly, I got to do my taxes. And then it like does his taxes right then. I'm either that yeah. or I am this year where it's like, oh, fuck, I've got to get this shit done right away. So I just, you know, yeah. some some years I'm responsible, some years I'm not. I don't I don't I don't do this. I, I am not irresponsible every year. I'm only irresponsible occasionally. Anyway, that's on, on every odd year. Yes, that's 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 how or there's a method to my literal madness. Anyway, that's tax prep work. The shit that you love to hear at the end of our <laughs> podcast. OK, do you take expenses? Uh, no, I don't. I take the standard deduction because uh, I don't want to save all those receipts. So we get to bloops. Oh, that sucks. It, yeah. it it does suck. I don't like it. Um, we get to bloops at the end. Yeah. And there's some yeah. standard bloops of lines being blown. And then there's the bloop to end all bloops. <laughs> yes. Tim Flubs, Heidi Trips, Tim Flubs, Randy Flubs. And then we get the scene where uh, Tim says, take it outside. And uh, Brad and Randy go outside, and Tim and Jill argue for a second to say, why do you want them to go fighting? And then we do a cutaway shot, which we really didn't talk about in the episode. But the cutaway shot is Brad throwing Randy across the screen um, yeah. as they start to fight. But the blooper is... <laughs> <laughs> it's Brad and Randy go sword fighting through. They each have a gigantic sword <laughs> and are, like, fencing with each other backwards through the through the yard and and tim allen and patricia richardson did not expect this they're getting pranked by the crew and they both crack up and landon and i both crack up it it's so good it's it i mean it it play here's a maybe i'm retroactively criticizing this episode because nothing in the episode plays as funny as the outtake yeah we're like that's an unexpected joke that i you know I don't expect, obviously, fencing in the Tool Time segment, but, like, that went in a place I didn't expect, and everything in the Tool Time episode went in a place I expected, and I'm like, but you're capable of it, and it's funnier. I don't know. Uh, I just, I really love this moment. It was really good. There are uh, a couple of Blade Warriors at long last. Oh, um, yes. Yeah, very nice, very nice. They weren't on rollerblades, unfortunately. Although, that I don't, this, might cool. be more, this might be more rapier warriors. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we want to be you want to be careful using that that is, line specifically. Well, if if we have any experts on the line, uh I would love to know whether or not a rapier can be considered a blade. Mm. Or yeah, if it's just a, if it's just a just a, a pinpoint, just a little prick, is I it, guess. Is a, yeah, right, because the rapier, yeah, it's all about the point rather than the the edge of the blade, which is technically the blade. Yeah, I guess when right? you're when you're fencing, yeah, you don't you don't want an edge because you're not actually trying to slice a dude open. You're just trying to poke him in in the one spot. Or is it the actual whole metal part? Is that the blade, and that it just has a pointy part and or a sharp edge? Yeah, hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the the questions the, I want answered. Yeah, or <laughs> I really took a funny thing and turned it into a not funny bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that is that is what we do on this show. We recycle funny things and turn them into crap <laughs> instead of recycling, which normally <laughs> takes crap and turns it into something useful. Um, uh, Truman, what did we learn from this episode? Uh, what we learned from this episode is that. You know, that A, if you're coming into somebody, if you if you start doing something that someone else has been doing for a long time and is passionate about, you need to have some humility. You shouldn't be bragging that not only are you a better athlete, but you're also better. Like, you shouldn't come into someone else's house and, you know, it's one thing to have success. It's another thing to gloat about it. I think the other thing we learned is um, 
you know, it's uh, uh, it's important to appreciate your brothers while they're still around because sometimes, uh, sometimes one of them might uh, leave to pursue a film career, and uh, then you can't appreciate them as much as you used to. Truman, I appreciate you. I appreciate you too, Land, and I hope that you're not leaving to pursue a film career. I mean, I know you did go <laughs> to acting school. I, I do think about it from time to time. I'm like, oh, you know what? J.K. Simmons started in his 40s. Maybe yeah. I could. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and he came directly from Michigan, so. Uh, like, yeah. yeah, I was thinking, like, yeah, you, you know, could. They cast out of Chicago. You could do something that's never been tried, that you have never tried before. You could move to Tinseltown, Hollywood, La La Land, <laughs> start your start your career. Uh, you should, you should. Become, you, look, I look, you becoming an actor, A, that would be. You know, if that's something that would be rewarding and fulfilling to you, I would be so thrilled and would love to go see that. Moreover, that would also probably bring some publicity to the podcast, which would be great for me. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't feel upstaged by you becoming a big famous uh, entertainment industry person, the thing that I have failed yeah. to do. I would just be happy that, uh, you know, that's that rising tide lifts all of our boats. Well, first and foremost, I'd just be happy for you, but... It's it's warm, and I'm making kind of assholey statements. I think uh, I I should be denied some more donuts and put to bed. <laughs> I just wanted to see what would happen uh, with you flapping in the wind like that. Um, uh, well, you did not make any assholey statements. Well, I, look look, I'm 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 flapping and I'm sweating uh, for a lot of different reasons. <laughs> All right, then let's let's uh, let's start to wrap up this episode. Um, we have a couple things we still have to do. I yes. want to do them a little out of order this week. I want to go with the uh, grunt count. Guess away, sir. Guess away. I have a very spicy guess this week. Yeah? Yeah, I do. And the guess is one. It was it was Tim in the Tim in the house, right? Uh with the sledgehammer and he's yeah. about to make a mess. Yeah. Now, the thing is, I, I know when it happened, there was kind of a question mark on it because he goes off of speaking gravelly into kind of an oh, yeah, sort of deal. But yeah. it it felt like there was a grunt in there somewhere. Yeah. Well, Landon, I regret, and? To, in, I regret to inform you, no, there was not like he came close. Oh, yeah. But it still counts as grunt talking in that case. Oh, because there wasn't a fresh shit. attack. He didn't. If he'd gone, oh yeah, oh, like that would have been one grunt. Right. But he just went, oh yeah, and oh, God, I'm now, gonna edit this. Now, it's how look so stupid? What kind of research are you doing in your labs, your grunt labs, to differentiate between an O oh and a grunt? Because he could have went, oh yeah, where it was a grunt and then just a yeah, not an oh yeah. I mean, I know what I know what Tim talking sounds like. I listen to Tim Allen talk a lot for this show. I know I know I where just, the talk stops and the and the and the grunts begin. I, I'm just trying to uh, uh, cards against humanity argue my way out of this. Okay, okay. Well, great. Pods against humanity, I suppose. <laughs> so zero, we're we're it's still st- at zero. Still riding zero, man. Big big old goose egg. I look. I appreciate. I appreciate your spicy guess. I mean, it makes it more interesting when when you don't know how many grunts there are. But sadly, it was zero. I listen. We've only got five more episodes left of this season. I got to start thinking of what our final count's going to be. It, it it's going to be it's going to be unlike anything we thought it would be uh, when we started this endeavor. It's it's the same conversation we've been having for probably three or four years at this point. Like, well, that's a lot less grunts than I thought it would be. Oh well, who, who knows? How many do you think <laughs> yes, it'll be next but, season? Even fewer, probably. 
is it going to be zero this season? Oh, it's not going to be zero this season. Come on, dude. Even we've you had know grunts? That. Oh, we've had grunts. We had a bunch. We had a bunch. When? A regular handful. I, I don't know. In other episodes. Fuck, if I can remember anything that's happened. He's done. He's, I, there have been grunt clusters in this season. I think one of these episodes, at least, we got close to oh, double digits. Right. Like, they've happened. Yeah, we did. We did get a grunt cluster. I do remember that. Okay, it's gonna be it's gonna it's gonna be a low number. It's gonna be our lowest number yet. But there's grunts. There's we're on we're on the board. It seems like the older I get, the more my memory is just crumbling. Mm. Uh, if this was, I, I I would just say I can't take my memory off of my taxes anymore. Uh oh. Uh oh. Can't write that off. No, I cannot. I'm sorry. I got. I got nothing. I got nothing for for that specific bit about taxes. <laughs> well, I was trying to trying to lead you into the the secret word for this week. Oh, I deductions. No. no right no. off. No. 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 Mm, amortize. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't want to just keep saying the word no to you. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. Uh. Duh. My memory is crumbling, and I. It no longer holds value for my taxes. Oh, what? Depreciation? God damn it! Landon, if you keep leading me into them, of course this is going to happen. I should just stop answering at some point. It's got. I have to keep finding. It adds to the editing time for me to have to find music to play whenever I win the thing. <laughs> um, you need to give me. Okay, one, well. <laughs> you give me one shot. <laughs> one shot. Uh, Eminem. Lose yes. your mind. If, yeah, exactly. Um, I'm, I'm lose yourself. I, I feel like I'm losing myself. My hands okay. are sweaty. Uh, <laughs> Just don't vomit up spaghetti on your sweater. I, okay. Well, if I were wearing a sweater right now, I'd be the dumbest motherfucker <laughs> in the world, let me tell you. <laughs> There's no fanfare to this one winning. Um, so let's end it. Yeah, let's, let's, get, let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, as we said last week, we are coming up to our mid uh not mid our season break between season seven and eight and we are going to be doing some bonus episodes but we want to hear from you uh what we should be doing we got a couple of movies coming up we got our super spectacular do you want a audio commentary let us know what you would like to see uh you can hit us up on twitter or our discord um i i'm really excited to hear what people want to know yeah, I know. I yeah, I, I you know this. We're doing this for you. No, well, actually, no. We're doing this for us, but we also want to do it in a way that you like. We 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 look forward to your guidance. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> German is really hot, so let's get out of here. I Grunt mean, work is. I'm always really hot, but tonight it's a different matter. Yes. Crowd work is made possible by our patrons. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to help us create the show, consider becoming an official Grunthead sponsor over at Patreon.com/slash GruntworkPod. Leave us a rating review wherever you listen to your podcast because it helps other people find the show and stop by to say hi to us on Twitter or Instagram at GruntworkPod or visit our website at www.gruntworkpodcast.com slash heatstroke <laughs> where you can find other information on today's episode. And until next week when we bring you another episode of Home Improvement, I'm Landon Solano. I'm Truman Caps, and remember, left untreated jock itch can persist for months, so be sure to use an over-the-counter antifungal, and then be sure to keep your jock area nice and clean and dry. 